0: Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Burgess Hill.
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm very excited to be speaking to you for the first time. I believe God has given me a message and I'm very excited slash nervous to share it with you. Um, You can tell that I'm a bit of a preaching newbie, because I'm preaching off a laptop, and not a tablet, which seems to be the trademark um, accessory of any sort of worthy pastor, so maybe that's one for the Christmas list. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so if you've been with us for a while, you know that we are reading through Ephesians at the moment, and we're going to be continuing on today, so if you want to turn to Ephesians 4... I'm going to read from verse 1 to verse 16. Okay, so Paul writes, As a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. When he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended into the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended on high and all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Amen. Amen. Then we will no longer be infants being tossed about by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds up, builds itself up in love, as each part does its work. Amen. So a lot in there, as always, with one of Paul's letters. Um, I'm gonna go back to the beginning. Paul starts off with this fundamental unity we have in Christ. And I believe that is very important for where he takes us in this passage. So that's where we start off. We have fundamental unity in Christ. He says, live a life worthy of the calling you have received. So we each, each one of us has a calling on our lives and it is a high calling. But how do we live that life worthy of that? Be completely humble, be gentle, Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Do we notice how all those things listed aren't about you individually doing great things? They're about how we all interact with each other, being completely humble, patient. I believe that is really important for where we end up in this message, so keep keep in mind of that. this fundamental unity, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. Do you notice that we already have that unity? We don't have to go and get that unity. When each of us comes to know Christ, we fundamentally have unity with every other believer, not just in this church, but in actually the whole world. And it's such a beautiful and amazing thing. And it's so important. So we need to guard it. Yeah, proactively watch out. I am... I'm quite into my coffee uh, recently, and for my birthday, I received this very special and slightly pretentious coffee drinking glass. Not a mug; it's a glass, and it's sort of as a wine as you drink wine out of a wine glass. I drink coffee out of this very special glass, and it's so I'm so protective of it, and it's so special to me. I won't even let Vera wash it up. <laughs> when she goes to clean up my collection of plates that I make in my office very kindly and she goes to take that glass, I step in and go, whoa, 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 whoa. What are you doing? Get your hands off that. I will take it back and wash it up. Even when I see it on the kitchen worktop, even when it's dirty, I'll put it in the top shelf in one of the kitchen cupboards because I don't want it to get, you know, accidentally chucked around in the sink or anything like that. So I'm proactively on guard for people... <laughs> my wife, (laughs) potentially breaking it, yeah? (laughs) We need to be the same way with this unity. It is so special. Keep on guard. Be aware that the enemy wants to steal that unity or divide us, that your own flesh is geared against unity with one another. Why? Again, it's so important for where we go in this message, but a little preview, uh, if you will. Uh, in turning to a scripture in Genesis 11. Um, so, in this start of the biblical story, uh, it's just after the flood. Um, Noah's been around and done his thing. And now uh, the scripture says this now the whole world had one language and one common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to one another, Come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used bricks instead of stone and tar for water. They said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that, we may na- so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. The Lord said, if as one people, the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan will be impossible for them. So this is a group of people who aren't filled with the Spirit, who don't have unity of the Spirit, who aren't with God, they're actually going against what God wants to do. And God recognises the power that they have in that unity. He says nothing will be impossible for them if they are united. So how much more so then for us, who already have unity of the Holy Spirit, who move in the power of the Holy Spirit, who has God protecting our behind. Also, going ahead of us, how much more can we achieve then with God? Surely nothing will be impossible for us. That is why it's so important. And do we recognize, as Paul says, there is one body and one spirit. We are called to one hope, we share in the same one faith, and we serve one Lord, one baptism, one faith, and one God and Father overall. So we have this fundamental unity with one another, and then Paul says, "But each of us has a specific grace been given by Christ. Yeah, a specific grace, specific giftings that are for each of us individually. But I want you to know that we're fundamentally united. Okay, and we're going to come back to this. So then Paul starts to list some of these specific." Graces um, that are on our lives. And he says, Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Okay, so these are given by Christ as a gift. So thank you, Lord. Amen. And if you've been around church for a while, you'll recognize these five things we sometimes refer to as the five-fold ministry. Um Kevin's going to say a little bit more about that in just a sec because we feel like there's just some stuff that's very important for him to say as our congregation leader, but I'm going to try and tee him up to that if you like. Um, But whatever you know about what the fivefold means or whatever you don't know, I just want us to all take a step back and look at this scripture with fresh eyes and see what Paul is trying to say in the context of this scripture because we feel like it's so, so important. So, the fivefold, why do we call it the fivefold? Another way to say it would be the core ministry of the church should be fivefold. Okay? So, the core functions or the core things that the church should be doing or should be, there's five of these things. So, the church, for one, should be apostolic. And Kevin's going to explain what these words mean. It second, secondly, should be prophetic. It should be evangelistic. It should be pastoral. And it should be teaching. Okay. So keep that in mind as Kevin jumps up and shares what he wants to share.
0: Great. So I said we were going to do a bit of a team-up thing. And Matt will come right back after um, I jump into a bit more of the fivefold things. But um, like Matt said, this... Uh, I'm just going to read it again really quickly. Um, so Christ himself gave the apostle, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. I'm going to go a, a bit fast, so follow me. To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. I think it's important to note with that, that one of the greatest weakness, if you'd like, of the church with a capital C uh, is this separation that seems rampant rampant between leaders and attendants or people that come to church right um like 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 the idea that the leaders are the ones that do everything in church that there's this har- 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 that's it thank you very much people you are following the structure in the church and and some things as a result don't apply to us right they apply to the others the professionals or the people that are paid to do that and the rest doesn't apply to us uh there are the leaders who do this and that and then there's the rest who come and receive or serve in a certain capacity but limit it to some extent but but we know if you have been with for with us for any length of time and the journey we have been on for a little while now that the church actually the way was birthed in Acts didn't function like that, right? Of course, there's leadership, there's positions, all of that. But more importantly then, everyone was involved and everyone was understanding their part to play. And so as a church, we've been moving away from this sort of consumerism or this sort of leadership heavy focus uh, way of doing things to actually uh, go into uh, um, all of us being involved in seeing God's kingdom grow on the earth, because that is part of this high calling that we each have on our lives. Uh, This passage here doesn't actually apply. We often read it as a leadership passage. It, 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 that's not what it is. This is a body passage, right? It says to all the body of Christ. So it, it is a body passage. And so those five things that uh, Matt has listed and applied, uh, uh, shared about, uh, again, it is something that applies to the whole body. So what are those fivefold things? Uh, what do they mean? How do they help us maintain the unity and enable the body to mature? First, uh, so apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, or pastor and teacher. Uh, some people call it the Apest. It's like there's the Avengers. We got the Apest. I don't know if that makes any sense, but uh, you know, it's the first letter of everything. The thing is, uh, we probably easily understand two out of the five, uh, uh, mostly because the the church, at least recently in the West, has been mostly led with a greater emphasis on two out of the five. You can probably guess which two. There's been a great emphasis on the pastor and the teacher, right? So we understand that, um, and, and 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 yeah, that's the way. It has been, but not so much of an emphasis on the other three, right? Now, there's various reasons for that. And, and I don't want to get into that because, yeah, there's loads of stuff that happened in the past, whether abuse of certain positions, et cetera, or other reasons, various reasons relating to why the other three. Um, but we usually don't fully understand the other three right uh the apostle is a bit up there it's, it's a bit beyond us so let's just leave that out shall we uh is is, is the thinking right and and then perhaps the evangelist and prophet operate a bit differently than the rest of us uh so they, they often may be misunderstood in a way and so they've been left to their own demise doing things uh, on their own and so we've seen prophets and evangelists kind of operating outside of the house often you you, you will have seen this recent it just just in recent history just prophets or prophetic ministries and things being built and 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 people speaking just just kind of outside of the church setting of outside of operating outside of a of a leadership thing or a covering upon them because they they weren't welcomed in a sense to operate within a church setting but the passage says, "What well, we will only reach maturity, full maturity as a body when the church starts functioning and being led from a fivefold point of view. So not one or two as a uh, pastor or shepherd and teacher, but the five working together as a team. So let me briefly talk about all five. So we are on the same page. And again, I'm trying to go as fast as I can to uh, leave as much time as possible to Matt, apostle. Apostle literally means sent one, right? In the Greek, it means sent one. It has this pioneer aspect to it, starting new things, developing them. Uh, In the New Testament, you can see the apostles. uh, They're the ones who established church where it was non-existent before and they strengthen it along the way. They are visionary in nature, Generally speaking, they're catalysts for things. Uh, they make sure we are organized as a way to move forward into what God has for us and see breakthrough. They generally break through people, if that makes sense. Um, essentially, they, they, they live to see and bring the kingdom of God in the now and here, uh, to, to see it invade earth no matter what right that's what uh, an apostle is or the character it has a bit they will equip the saints obviously to to live as well their lives in such a way as well so that's a bit about the apostle the prophet the prophet the prophet senses God's heart really Um, they are there to point us in the right direction Uh, how do we move forward in what God is saying Um, so again works closely usually with the apostle because the the apostle has a vision the prophet will come and, and confirm certain things or see beyond that but also help to how are we going to get there. Um, So they sense God's heart uh, uh, the the prophet will often operate in visions dreams, words of knowledge uh, discernment and and, um, there's this website called the Missional Church Network. They do a very good job at describing this and some of what I'm sharing is taken from there like this sentence Uh, the prophet always points back to God and what he says to his truth. Prophets are sensitive to God and what is important to him. They often have a sense of what truth needs to be emphasized for their time and place. Prophets are quick to recognize the gap between what is and what should be so they are discerning people what should be there can be a frustration for a prophet when they see how big that gap is between what should be and what is um and, and and that's part of it but so they help us get from what is to what should be uh and and they often work quite closely with um with the apostle or apostolic people now the evangelists the evangelist is kind of self-explanatory, right? They, they think about the lost. They, how do we reach out as a body? How do we not stay in our full walls, focus on ourselves? But how do we co- communicate the gospel? How do we reach out? They often communicate the gospel with great joy and this sense of uh, attractive. Uh, there's this attractiveness about them because they are, they are the ones who recruit and gather. They go out, recruit, gather. They long to see heaven full and hell empty, right? They always point to Jesus, always think about a way that we can make the gospel easily accessible to many and also equip. Think about how can we equip the body, many Christians, to share the gospel simply, right? That's the evangelist. So that's the three. Fourth is the pastor. Now, that's the one we probably got the most obvious picture in our head for. Pastors have the responsibility and ministry uh, of caring and protecting God's flock um they often notice uh when people are alone or hurting when they are not well and and they feel that need it's built inside of them to just care for the church care for the people care for the body they want to make sure that everyone is flourishing and that the church is a loving and safe environment that is what the pastor does and finally the teacher the teacher they could be seen as um, as the guardians of the truth if you'd like they grasp complex truths from the word and have an anointing to not only understand them but then are able to communicate them in such a way that the rest of the body will go "Ah, oh, I get it now I get it now, right? Communicate, them, enabling the body to grow deeper in knowledge and understanding of the truth of God's word. They live and they, uh, they, 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 they yeah, they live and breathe to, to learn and help people learn truth and wisdom. They are the ones that are most likely sitting with a bit more in-depth knowledge than the rest of the church. One, two, three, four, five, five, four ministry, apostle, uh, prophet, evangelist pastor teacher here's the kicker though um every one of us every member of the body sits with one of these or perhaps one and a secondary one that's uh maybe they're a bit i don't want to use the word weaker but one primary one and a second one anyway everyone sits with at least one of these because the passage again speaks of what's being given to the body for its edification and maturity Right, not what's been given to the leaders, as in Kevin sits with one of these, or Sharon, or Clive, or whatever. But all together, we each sit with one of these and have a responsibility as such to let that play a part in uh, who we are, because that is the only way that we will reach full maturity. The word says, as a body, and Matt will go into that in a minute. Um, so all of us lean towards a primary gifting, if you'd like, and usually a second one to support that. Uh, everything within here. As a person, say, pray, think is filtered, if you'd like, through that fivefold or whatever fivefold we, we, we carry, right? So, so Pastor Clive, although Pastor Clive or senior pastor of our church, uh, he's totally uh, apostolic in nature. The, the way he thinks, the way he prays, the way he breathes, the way he speaks is apostolic in nature. You'll often hear in the way he shares stuff, it's his big picture. is what God is saying, is where we go when we plow in the ground, we're moving forward. He's apostolic in nature. Um, Jane, his wife, is the prophet of the house. She operates in many dreams and visions. She hears God's voice. She senses what He is saying, and she applies that to us as a body, uh, uh, as a, as a body, and 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 the church. And again, it's so visible in the way she is, the way she functions, etc. cetera. Uh, in a similar way, I'm more apostolic in nature than anything else. I, I know I'm technically your pastor, but I, the way I think, process things, the way uh, the things I'm actually good at getting a hold of is more apostolic in nature. Uh, doesn't mean I have the office of apostle. Right, And and that's very important to actually differentiate between that. We all sit with one of those five. Doesn't mean we'll ever have the office of one of those five. Very few people will have the office of apostle as such, but it can be apostoli, apostolic in nature. Um, I'm making up word now. Apostolic in nature, right? Um, just like you might not have the office of a prophet, as such, but you might be prophetic in nature, and, and and some of you in the room are right. So it's it's important to differentiate in that. In saying we all sit with one of those, I'm not saying we will all become you know the prophet as such or the evangelist or the apostle, but we sit with. We relate to one of those primarily. Sharon, same thing as Jane. She's more prophetic in just the way she processes things. And her secondary thing will probably be the teacher. There's a teacher thing inside of her. The way she grabs hold of the word, understands it, and and is able to communicate those truths to uh, us. And it's important for each and every one of us to know which of those five that we would lean towards and um, because because again we filter everything through that and the part of the responsibility we have, Uh, to get us to a place of maturity is okay if this is the gifting that's on my life then how can I apply that live out that so that I can help the body reach full maturity so we have a lot of uh, very pastoral people in the room Uh, Claire Parsons you one of the most pastoral people I know Uh, you you might not be with the title of pastor but you, one of the most pastoral people, I know, the way she processes things is always about people. How are people doing? Where are people hurting? What can I do to help people? Uh, how can I support them? How can I pray for them? It's very much about the one, the one in front of her. And and that's her gifting. And and and, and that's how she will operate and process things, right? Uh, we have a few evangelists in the room. Rob is one of them. Hey, we're constantly thinking and processing. How can we reach out? How can I share? this how can i there's this infectious thing about him of just the way god and jesus has transformed his life and the way he wants others to grab hold of that david's a teacher right so we know the way he grabs hold of the truth the depth of understanding he has in that the way he's lived and he's he's gone through the pages of his bible so much and in such a a, carry such an understanding that we are privileged to have people like that that can bring out the depth of the word and make us help us understand that along the way Matt is like that as well partly why we wanted him to share today is activating that in him releasing that in him and us doing this together is kind of showing you two of the fivefold working actively this morning right so it was important to say that and I could go through every single one of you (laughs) but I don't have time to do that but I just want you to realize this that this fivefold thing is isn't an abstract up here thing for the others it's something that's very real for each and every one of us and that we need to discern and understand where we sit in that uh and and how we can help the body mature out of that and actually um just to leave that out because we want to be a church that is mature in every way and if we only operate out of a few of that we will never reach full maturity so actually be it on uh the um Spiritual oversight of the church, the fivefold is expressed. Uh, be it on the CLT here, the fivefold is expressed, and so it's important to have those things. and And you will see in the way God works and gathers teams to work together. Usually, you will see a representation of that. Otherwise, the body cannot move forward to everything that it has. I realize I shut down your computer. I'm so sorry, mate. I hope it's all there. But um, I just wanted to make that point, and it was important to uh, to say those things before Matt could uh, go on. So. Um, Matt, you can go on now.
1: Mm, Thanks. Thanks, mate. Very good. Uh, Yeah, so we recognise the importance of having all five of those things operating. Because not only will we not reach full maturity, but we won't be able to attain, as Paul says, the fullness, the full measure of Christ if we don't have all of those five things working in the body. So this is really important and really serious. That's why Kevin said... It's important that we each know where we kind of sit in that, which gifts we hold. Can we see that if the church needs to be pastoral, but there's just one pastor who holds the office of the pastor at the top, how then is the whole church going to be pastoral if there's just one? Or how is the whole church going to be evangelistic if there's just one evangelist who's struggling to drive things (laughs) on his own? We all... Have this important part to play, this all seeing this work together to reach that maturity. <clears throat> and why do we need to be mature? <laughs> is the question. <laughs> what was Kevin speaking a couple of weeks ago? What is the church's mandate? We're here to extend God's kingdom here on earth. God's plan is to bring others into his family. We can't do that as an immature body. Paul says we will be like infants. How are we supposed to extend the kingdom as infants? We will be tossed around by the waves, by every wind of teaching, deceived by every cunning and crafty people. You don't have to look far at the moment to see cunning and crafty people operating. (laughs) You don't have to look far to see waves hitting, to see different winds of teaching blowing. There are some pretty radical ideas being expressed in the country and globally at the moment. And if we are an immature body, we are going to get tossed around like that. We will not, bring, we will not be bringing in anyone else into the kingdom of God if we're infants. So, if we are mature then, to flip it around, we will be able to stand firm when waves hit us. We will be able to remain still when different winds of teaching blow because we are rooted and we will be aware and discerning of, cu- of the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Amen. And this maturity is for the whole body. Do we notice how... Paul doesn't write about the maturity of individual believers. He's not writing about having a mature believer over here and another mature believer over there and another mature believer over there. He's talking about a mature body, collectively, the health of the whole body. What does that look like? These five things working together... Instead of being infants, but speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So if we're mature, we're joined together. Switching to the New King James Version, it says, the whole body knit together by what every joint supplies, yeah? Has anyone noticed that clothes these days aren't made like they used to be made? (laughs) They seem to come apart quite quickly and the stitching all comes undone. It's because they're not knit together properly. We can't come undone. We need to be knit together properly. And that knitting is done by what every joint supplies. So by what each of us supplies... That's what causes the joining. So these specific graces and gifts that God gave us, which we spoke about before, those things, those special deposits that God has put inside of you, these ways that you are wired to align with one of these five things, it's that very nature that inherently, when you express them, knits us together as a body and joins us. So we have that true relational joining so that we become mature, amen, yes. According to the effective working by by which each part does its share. So what does that mean? The amount that we are joined together is dependent on how much each one of us expresses their gift and does its part. So do we see the importance of every single person doing their part and doing their share for the body? There is no one who is not important in that or not essential in that. If there's one ligament missing in your body, something is not working correctly. You probably won't be able to move a leg. I'm not a doctor, but I assume something like that will happen. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm sure uh, maybe someone can confirm that for me, but yes. Each one of us has a very specific, important part to play, that if we don't play that part, the whole body will not be knit together as it should be. We will not be mature like it should be, and we will struggle to extend God's kingdom here on earth and bring peoples into the family of God, which is God's purpose for us all. Amen. So, there's no room for... Kind of a competitive nature in all this, expressing of gifts. I believe that's why Paul starts with that fundamental unity. Yeah, you're fundamentally one. You have one hope, one God. God has one purpose for his church to extend his kingdom on earth. But you've been given specific gifts to use in the context of the body. So there's no room for jealousy in that, of people's gifts being expressed. It's not about someone shining brighter than everyone else in that way. Because the success of the whole body is the success of us. Or your success is defined in the success of the body. The calling that we have on our lives, which again is individual, is not for you in that way. You don't have this sort of individualistic call on your life to do like great things for God. Like, I'm going to do these great things for God over here and this is going to be for me. No, 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 it's in the context of the whole body, yeah? In Corinthians it says, if one part suffers, if one part of the body suffers, we all suffer. And if one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. The success of the whole body is the success of us. We're going to achieve things together as a body, not as individuals. So we're together, family. We want to bring people into that family and we are a family with this true relational joining. This is where God is taking us. I feel like we're kind of back to basics with this kind of stuff. You know, it's all about how we operate together. Be humble, be patient, bear with one another in love, put up with each other. It's an amazing thing that no matter where we come from, no matter what personalities we have, no matter what cultures we're from, we already have that fundamental unity. There's a scripture that was being spoken in Kingdom Faith a while back in Jeremiah, and it said, ask for the ancient paths and follow in them, and walk in them, sorry. This stuff, God is doing a new thing among us, I can really feel it although it's, it's new for us because maybe we haven't operated all the time in church this way, but it's not new for God. Yeah, it's ancient, it's in here. This was his plan and design for how the church should be at the beginning. And there's a note in Steve Upple's book, uh, Revival Ready, I think it was, he said China is experiencing such growth because they're really focused on family instead of leadership, as Kevin was saying. We all have such an important part to play in that, and we really need to recognize it, to go where we need to go, to see this revival, to see God move in the way that he wants to move in this nation. Amen. So in Corinthians it says, just as one body has many parts, but all of its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit as to form one body. Then, skipping ahead, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Yeah? Has anyone ever at work been called indispensable? <laughs> I would love, love to be called indispensable. Matt, we literally can't do this without you. But that is what God is saying to. Literally, each one of us, especially to the ones of us who feel like we don't know what our part is in that or I feel weaker. I don't know if I'm up to the task. God is saying you are indispensable. The parts we think are less honourable, we treat with a special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together giving greater honour to the parts that lack it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that, it is, that its parts should be equal concern of each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices. Now you are the body of Christ. Each one of you is part of it. Amen. We literally can't do it without each other. We literally cannot see God's purposes here on earth without each other. And do we see how, where we are going with church in the home, where we've been and where we're going, how that is such an important part of God working this into us, if I can put it like that, yeah? How maybe the way we were doing church before wasn't allowing this to be expressed and now why he's called us to do this and the part it plays. So if you're not part of a hub yet, I'd really urge you to get in one as soon as possible because it's so important for where we're going. Jesus, okay, amen. Let's let's respond to what God is saying. And I'm not going to put on any, any music or anything, but just sit with God now and just respond to what he feels like he is saying to you personally. Maybe you need to just give a fresh surrender to God and what he's doing at the moment. Maybe you need to give yourself a fresh commitment to the body of, yeah, I'm all in for this. It is all about the body working together, building itself up. Maybe you don't know what your part to play is in this. And ask the Lord, what is my part? What are my giftings? Where do I sit? Yeah, God, we just recognise the importance of what you are doing right now among us. We recognise the importance of each part of the body, each person in the body playing their part, the significance which each and every one has. We just surrender to you afresh, God. Say, Lord, have your way. Lord, have your way among us. Lord, it's your will, not my will. Where there's disunity or been disunity, we just ask forgiveness, God. And we strive to protect that unity and keep the peace. Lord, your ways are higher. Always. You have wisdom that no earthly person has. We just submit to that goal right now. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen.